Hello, thank you for visiting the podcast of the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you haven't already, feel free to visit our audio archive at vineyardcampbellsville.org or subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. And now here is this week's message brought to you by Senior Pastor Adam Russell. Hey, good morning, everybody. Happy Sunday. Man, it seems like everybody's happy today, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, everybody was, everybody's watched all the office you can possibly handle, haven't you? Hmm. Man, my favorite episode of The Office still is Boom Roasted. That one, that one and the episode where they go to Robert California's house, it's just so good. That one is so creepy and good, it's amazing. So, um. If you're going to, yeah, Scott's Tots, that one we shall never watch again. Wow. So, you know, just laying it out there for you in case you want to watch The Office again. These are maybe some you should put to the front and we'll just, let's put Scott's Tots in the vault and never watch that one again. Ooh, it's terrible. Okay. Some of you are like, what's he talking about? This is the word of the Lord. <laughs> this is it. This is it, kids. Um, yeah. Man, was it worship good? Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, that was good. How many of you knew that we were going to sing Stand By Me this morning? I didn't even know that. That was, that was really good. That's right. That's right. Here's what I want to do this morning. I want to continue what we started last week. I want to talk to you this morning in a sermon I'm going to call An Abraham Journey Part 2, because I literally couldn't think of a better title. Just Part 2. Even kept the same slide. I don't even know, you know? And... Um, but before we get to the scripture, and before we maybe jump into a couple of the thoughts that I have this morning, um, I just want to set this up and talk to you for a second about what we've been talking about and sort of place this in the last couple of weeks. Um, the last couple of weeks, we've just been talking about the idea that, that your life with God is, uh, in many ways, it's a journey. And one of the things that we see over and over in the scriptures is you see all these people who are taking trips. Uh, over and over in the scriptures, people are on a journey. Uh, we see it, it's all over the book of Genesis. It's everywhere in the Old Testament. Um, like we're going to look here in a minute, Abraham uh, takes a journey. Uh, all of his sons uh, take journeys. And all of his grandsons and great-grandsons take journeys. And Jesus took a journey, you know, uh, out of heaven and he, and he came to earth. And like even when he was born, uh, if, you, if you know the story, like uh, Mary and Joseph had to take a journey, didn't they? Uh, back to Egypt, you know? And then, and then we see other people uh, in the Gospels, Jesus is walking around because he's always going somewhere and he calls Peter and James and, and he calls uh, John, he calls them to come out of their boat and to come on a three-year journey with him and he calls Matthew away from tax collecting and why don't you come on and take a journey with me and then a few chapters later in the book of Acts, you meet this guy named Saul and he's on a donkey and he's headed out to probably kill some Christians and, and uh, Jesus blinds him with a bright light and knocks him off of his off of his donkey, you know, and he says, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And basically invites him back onto the team, which is an interesting idea altogether. We don't normally operate that way, but this is how Jesus operates. And then he invites Saul, who becomes Paul, to take a journey. And, and Paul just takes all these journeys. In fact, the rest of his life becomes a journey, right? Over and over again, he's just going out. And so there's this consistent theme through the scriptures of people go on journeys and I believe one of the reasons that this is such a consistent theme 
is because journey is such a good metaphor for what it means to live with God. And so part of what we gathered last week is that the, the metaphor of journey is, is that uh, we should be going somewhere, that life with God is, is not static, it's, it's taking us somewhere, you know? Um, faith isn't just um, sort of this Southern American idea that most of us have inherited that, you know, you come to church and you start believing something. You believe something, and, and the belief is mostly propositional. Do you believe that Jesus is the Son? Uh, do you believe that you could go to heaven? Do you believe that he died for you? Do you believe that if you believe that, that you could not go to hell? And all of those things are true, but the problem with that worldview is, is it becomes static. It's, just, it's, it's propositional. It's, it's intellectual only. Uh, it doesn't really touch the heart. And honestly, it's not very transformative. Uh, this is the reason you meet lots of Christians who look like Jesus, like 1% or no percent, you know? It's the reason why somebody could have all the right answers about Jesus, but have very little of the character or power of Jesus. Because they, the, they never took the journey. They just thought, well, it was some sort of like one-time interaction, and that's not really what it is. In fact, anybody who meets God goes on a journey, and one of the things we discovered two weeks ago in the first message is that, is that travel changes you. How many of you all know that, Right? Like, even if, you, even if you take a short trip for one week somewhere, that experience changes who you are. And so the idea of journey is not just the idea that our life with God is not meant to be static, but it should be going somewhere, but the idea of journey contains inside of it, contains inside of it the, the reality that um, life with God should be transformative. You know, you, you, could never, you could never go to another part of the country or another part of the world, stay even for one week and come back home the same way come back home the same person. And in the same way, people who truly meet God were intended to go somewhere, and that journey is meant to change them profoundly. And, and what is the journey we're on? Well, I'll just frame it like this for you. Paul says in Romans 8 that God has predestined that we would be conformed to the image of his son. That's it. We're on the journey for, for me and you to being shaped into someone who looks and acts like Jesus all the way down, whose, whose heart reflections and whose heart reflexes, like when you don't have time to think about it, the thing that actually happens is a Jesus thing. You know? That's the journey we're on. Um, I've made some progress in my life. Some of you guys have made some progress in my life. And I'm nowhere near the end. And that's what life with God is all about. It's about going somewhere and then having that trip change you until the reflexes of your heart are like Jesus. Mm. That ain't bad. I'm not going to lie. It's pretty good. <laughs> I agree. Yes. So I want to read you six verses out of Genesis chapter 12. We read them last week. We're going to cover some new stuff. This is what the Lord says to Abram. By the way, this is Abram. This is before he becomes Abraham. You know, if you really take a trip with God, he changes things about you. Sometimes your name. The Lord said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you'll be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. Whoever curses you, I will curse, and all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Is there a key word that kept showing up there? Blessed. Yeah, that's kind of it, huh? So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. That's his nephew, by the way. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. 
he took his wife Sarah, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated, and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. We'll stop right there for a few minutes, and we will hopefully unpack some of this. Mm. So journey is basically Bible code for being changed. Uh, God calls Abraham, and a big part of his call is for him to leave his country and to go to a new one. So as soon as you read that, you have to understand that God is saying, Abram, I want you to be changed. I want you to go on a journey. I want you to be a different person. And a big part of the change that God is looking to infuse into Abram is something we just mentioned a moment ago. It's the idea of blessing. It's the idea of blessing. Over and over again in just a few verses, in three verses, the word blessing just keeps coming up. I hope you noticed that, didn't you? Blessing, blessing, blessing. A big part of being changed is being blessed. So I just want to stop here just for one moment. I'm not going to make a big deal out of this, but I I just want to say this. Um, The point of transformation is so that you can be blessed. Like, you have to change in order to be blessed. Part of, part of entering into blessing is probably going to require that you and I have some sort of transformational moment, some sort of transformational journey with God. That's what awaits those who journey with God. Part of what we're moving towards is a blessed land. That's what we're moving towards. And that's what a journey is supposed to do. It's supposed to change us, and then because we're changed, we enter into blessing. And you know what? Every person in this room wants to be blessed. Everybody wants to be blessed. Uh, and, and in fact, uh, we think about it all the time. Now, maybe you don't think about it in terms of being blessed. Maybe you don't even think of that word. But it's really the ache that's in our souls. Um, many of us dream of, dream of having everything that we need. Anybody ever just sort of like daydream about having what, everything that you need? Especially in moments where you don't have everything that you need? Yeah, who's done that? Yeah, every one of us have. Or uh, some of us here dream of a big house. And can I tell you something? There is nothing wrong with dreaming of a big house. As long as you share it. There's nothing wrong with dreaming of a big house. And we dream of a happy family. Uh, Some of us in the room are dreaming of a job that we could actually enjoy. You know what? One of the the most common things that people talk to me about is how much they hate their job. Listen, kids, you're only going to live 85 or 90 years. Maybe your grandma has really good genes. You're going to make it to 100. Why would you spend one life on a job you freaking hate? You know what? And we dream about having a job that we really, really like. By the way, even if you have a job you really, really like, some days are just going to be a job. That's just how it is, right? But we dream of a job we enjoy. Uh, Some of us are dreaming of friendship. We talked about that a few days ago. You know what? If you're going to make it on your journey with God, you're going to need friends. Uh, In fact, some some people have even talked to me in the last few weeks about how they're trying to, like, be a better friend or have friends or... Or some people have even awakened to the reality that they've spent a few years with people and realized they really weren't friends. Oof. You know what? Here's the good news. Starting today, you can start making real friends. You can. So that's the good news. And some of us dream of friendship. Um, Here's another thing we dream about. Influence. Some of us in the room are dreaming of influence. Some of us want to be the kind of person who changes stuff. Anybody in here dreaming of influence? It's okay, actually. Yeah, everybody, you know what? One of the things you can't repent of is uh, your, your desire to do something and be something great. You'll never be able to, to apologize to God for that. And here's why. Because he's the one who put it in you. 
He, he wants you to do th- great things. He wants you to influence. He, he wants you to be somebody who, who, who shapes the people and the culture and the cities and the country that you live in. He, he actually wants you to because God is an influential person. And you're a son of God. You're a daughter of God. Um, some of us are even dreaming of things like leisure. Hmm. Some of us are. The workaholics aren't. But some of us other ones are. Um, and by the way, that's good too. Uh, you'll, never, you'll, never get as, you'll never get enough work done if you don't learn how to play. You'll, just, you'll become increasingly ineffective. You know, leisure's real good. Um, but here's the thing that I've noticed. <clears throat> unless we're conformed to the likeness of the Son, unless we enter the kingdom of God, uh, the dream that we have oftentimes looks like this. It's ultimately a dream to be separated from the world just a little bit. You know what I mean? Maybe you don't. I'll try to explain it. Here's the way the dream or the hope oftentimes works when we are sort of daydreaming about being really blessed. Sometimes we're dreaming that we could have so much money, so much fame, and so much power that we're just able to live above the fray. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Where you're just a little bit out of reach where your life becomes a little exclusive. And you wouldn't use that word, but that's really what we mean. Um, we, we're dreaming of living in a way where everyone else is sort of like scratching out of living down here, and we're just sort of above that. And we're sipping champagne out of gold flutes sitting next to a waterfall that we own. <laughs> that's sort of an extreme example. But it's one we oftentimes have. And don't get me wrong, I've had that thought plenty of times, right? But I want to tell you something. That's actually not a God journey. It's the counterfeit. Some of us are hoping that we could get rich enough, influential enough, and powerful enough that we could live above the trouble. Like, you know, everybody else got all this trouble, and we're hoping that we could just escape it. And can I tell you something? Number one, it'll never happen. And number two, it's not a God dream. That's a counterfeit. That's actually not what blessing is, and it's never what it's meant for. The trip that the world is trying to get us to take is this. It's the trip where you and I get everything we want, and the sum total of all we want is to be above the world, a bit of separation, a view from above, a perch to look down on the rest. But notice in our scripture this morning, right up front, that's not the sort of thing that God is offering Abraham. First off, the journey that God is taking Abraham on is the journey where Abraham is blessed, but his blessing is not the result of, his Ab- of Abraham's intellect, his smarts, his ability, his worthiness, or his initiation. Did you know that Abraham wasn't even praying for a God journey? God just came to him. This is the thing about God journeys. You can't initiate them. God is the one who initiates them. God comes to Abraham. He doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't go to go. God comes to him, and he's the one who sends him on. God journeys are always somehow initiated by God, and the results are not always what we've earned in any way. You can't earn a God journey. You can't be smart enough. Uh, You don't even have to ask for one. God is the one who initiates. He's the one who freely gives. And even when we are blessed, we do not get separation from the world. Instead, we get sent right into it. Isn't that amazing? God tells Abraham, I want you to leave your father and your mother and the land that you know, and I want you to go to a country, and by the way, I'm going to bless you. What is God saying? 
He is saying, I'm going to bless you, and you're not going to get separation from the world. You're going to a new part of the world. Mm. Listen up. This is a God journey. To be invited by God, to be blessed by God, and then to be sent by God into the world. Christians never get above the world. We always get sent into it. That's where God's leading us. And ultimately, that's what it means to be blessed. And by the way, all of our desire to be rich and famous and powerful and to somehow live above the fray, uh, this is really the counterfeit hope to be God rather than to have to receive from God. The American dream is ultimately the dream to be God so we don't have to receive from God. The kingdom, the kingdom of heaven is always receiving from, the good, receiving from the king. And the good news is this. It's that anyone can humble themselves and open up their hearts. The bad news is there's only one king. Which, of course, isn't bad news at all unless you were hoping um, not to have to hold out your hands and say thank you. Yeah. We receive it. That's the way it goes. And let me talk to you just for a minute about how God wants to bless us and where he wants to send us. Um, this next section is astonishing, by the way. I'm just going to show you some stuff that I saw this week, and I should have seen it way longer because I've been reading this darn Bible for a long time, and I literally didn't see it till this week. It's, a, it's amazing. That's how the Bible works. You read it, and you think you know it, and then you read it, and you realize, I don't know it. Yeah. I'm going to be 40 in May. I've been reading the Bible somewhat seriously since I was like 15, and I'm here to tell you, I still don't know this thing. It's amazing. I want to talk to you about what it means to be blessed and where God wants to send us. Okay, uh, we have to just do some Bible digging. Can we do that? Yeah, just put your hand on your head like this. <laughs> Bible digging. I don't know why we needed to do that. I just felt like we did. We're going to do some Bible digging. Um, we got we to gotta, we gotta zoom out just a little bit from Genesis 12, and we actually have to look at Genesis 9 and also Genesis 11, because the stuff that was happening in Abraham's life in Genesis 12, I didn't start with him. Can I tell you something? If God calls you on a journey, and if God blesses you, uh, whatever journey he calls you on and whatever blessing he gives you, it didn't start with you. It's always somebody else. It's all, there's always somebody that was behind us and making a way for us, and that's what we're going to see here. So here's basically what happened. When Abraham received the call to go on a journey with God in 12, uh, he was living in a city called Haran. Everybody say Haran. Haran. Yeah, okay, good. Uh, it was a pretty nice place, apparently, um, especially in those days. Uh, not too far from the river, and there's lots of people. And here's the thing about it. It had lots of Abraham's family there. Um, in fact, the city Haran was most likely named after Abraham's brother, Haran. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, in fact, Abraham had two brothers, um, one called Nahor, say Nahor, Nahor, and another one called Haran, say Haran. Uh, We've got some pregnant ladies here. <laughs> at the vineyard, we always have pregnant ladies. We're very good at some things here. But I know some of you are Christians and you want to give your children Bible names, and I would... I would like to recommend Nahor and Haran. They are woefully underutilized. I mean, I'm, I'm for one, I'm tired of meeting kids named 
John and Jacob, right? <laughs> what about Nahor? Here's what's crazy, though. Here's what's crazy. Abraham has two brothers, Haran and Nahor, and each of them had cities. Okay, so Abraham came from a place called Ur. Say Ur. 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 <laughs> God calls them out of there. You know that was a horrible place, right? <laughs> like, like even for ancient Near Eastern people, the Ur, like that, that had to be brutal. What happened there? Nothing good. Like, it's just brutal place, right? Well, anyway, Abraham has two brothers, Nahor and Haran. They both have cities. And one day, Abraham's father left Ur along with Abraham, and he went to Haran. And the Bible says that they were on their way to Canaan, but they stopped. Now, let me put up a scripture for you in Genesis chapter 11, because this tells a little bit of this story. It's very important. Terah... That's Abraham's father. Took his son and his grandson Lot, son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarah, and they went, and the wife of the, the wife of his son Abram, and they, and together they set out from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. This is very important, super super important. You can just keep that up for a second. So Abram and his father. They lived in Ur of the Chaldeans, and they set out from Ur to go to Canaan, but when they came to Haran, they settled there. I just need us to get this picture, okay? They're on their way out of Ur, they're going to Canaan, and when they get to Haran, they stop and they settle there. Why did they stay? It's actually not a trick question. Whose city is it? It's his brother's city. And if you're the dad and you've got one of your sons and when you get to Haran, what do you kind of want to do? You want to hang out. You know, I haven't seen my kid in a while and I want to hang out with all the grandkids. And they just kind of like put down roots, right? That's chapter 11, verse 31. The next chapter in chapter 12, God says to Abram, leave Haran. Leave Haran. And at the end of chapter 12 there where we just read, where does Abram head off to when he leaves Haran? Canaan. Okay, a couple things that are important here. N number one, one of the things that's important to understand on this journey is that Abram's father, Terah, was probably the first guy who heard from God and God said, leave her and go to Canaan. And guess what? He didn't do it. He settled in Haran. And then in that place, God begins to speak to Abram because God knows that Abram will move. Mm, super interesting. Abram picks up the promise that his father most likely received but didn't see through. Now here's what's really, really interesting. Because Abram's brothers both had cities, there's this really interesting dynamic going on. Both of Abram's brothers were cities but while Abram is in Haran, God says, essentially, Abram, if you'll go further, I'll make you a nation. Mm. Some of us need to hear that. There is a level to which you can go on your own. Maybe you will be a city. But if you listen to God, he can make you a great nation. This is a very, very different call. It's one he probably 
picked up from his father. And as a result, Abram did become a nation. And so the journey of God will lead us out of our comforts. It will lead us away from settled cities. It will lead us even away from family. Some of us who are on our journey with God need to know this, that we will be oftentimes invited away from comfort and away from family. In fact, in this country and in the church, we've made an idol out of comfort. Probably the number one thing that keeps people from hearing God is our present comfort level. And probably the number two thing that keeps people from hearing and obeying God is family connections. And the one thing we see in this story is that family is not meant to be an anchor, but it's meant to be a slingshot. Let's just think about that for a minute. Can I tell you something? Your family is not meant to be an anchor. Sometimes your family is meant to be a slingshot that sends you just a little further out. Abraham is in Haran with his brother, his nephews, and his nieces, and his father, and his wife. And they are in a good place. And everything is right. And in this place, God says, nope, keep going. Slingshot. And because Abraham does, he exceeds his brothers, and he becomes a nation, and they stay a city. Everyone who goes on some kind of a God journey will have to face these two things. Our desire for comfort and our family connections. Those will be confronted. In fact, I find it so interesting that God promises to give Abraham a family and to make him a nation. But in order for Abraham to have a family and to be a nation, guess what he has to leave? His family. Can I tell you something? Sometimes in order to have a family, you have to leave your family. Sometimes in order to have the thing, you have to let go of the thing. Mm. Some of us are wondering, like, where did the momentum stop in my life? What may have stopped in our, ability to, in our inability to let go? Sometimes we have to let go. What does it mean to go on a God journey? Sometimes it means to let go of really good things. Sometimes we think that the God journey is just like letting go of bad things, you know, getting rid of sin, um, not becoming, letting go of my tendency to be a, an alcoholic or an angry person or addicted to this or addicted to that. I'm going to let go of pornography and have a God journey. And by the way, I recommend that you do all of those things. But sometimes the greater God journey is to let go of good things. Sometimes you have to let go of things before you can receive it. Abraham, I'm going to make you a nation. Let go of your family. Abraham, I'm going to make you the father of many, many people. Let go of your father. This is how it works. Some of us are wondering, perhaps this morning, how we can take the next step. Well, it might be letting go. And Abraham had to leave a family in order to get a family. See, part of the journey that we're on is one where we have to let go of the very things that we've received perhaps from our earthly fathers, in order to receive from our heavenly father. You know, some of you in this room have really good earthly fathers, and they've given you a lot, and you've had great earthly mothers, and they've given you a lot, and the thing that God is asking you to do now is let it go. Why? Because he wants to give you something. Something that you cannot receive from your mom and your dad. See, part of the journey is to let go of what you have in order to receive the next thing. And by the way, it's a complete paradox. And not only was he going to have to give up family, but there's one more twist. And Abraham would have picked up on this right away. We don't see it. 
But again, we have to do a little Bible digging. Can we do some Bible digging one more time? Okay. Abraham, his father is Terah. Two brothers, Nahor and Haran. Okay, we're doing all kinds of names today. Okay. And God is telling Abraham to keep going and Abraham settles in Canaan. Right? We have to go back to chapter 9 in Genesis to find out where Canaan came from. We have to go all the way back to Noah. Everybody remember Noah? You know, the flood guy? Okay, so Noah had a family. Noah had a family, and he had some sons. And in fact, we're going to read a passage here. It's a famous passage about, from the life of Noah. And this is after the flood, and after the waters have receded, and the only survivors are Noah, his sons, and his daughter-in-laws, and whatever animals he was able to cram on that boat. And the waters have come, and the waters have gone away, and Noah comes out, and Noah plants a vineyard. Okay? Let's read this. The sons of Noah who came out from the ark were Shem, say Shem, Shem. Ham, Ham, and Japheth. Japheth. <laughs> Any takers? Japheth. 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 That's how I read the when I come to Bible names. I have to read them like eight times. Japheth. Look what's in the, look what's in the parentheses here. Ham was the father of who? Canaan. Where's Abraham going? All right. These were the three sons of Noah. And from them came the people who were scattered over the whole earth. Noah, a man of the soil, proceeded to plant a vineyard. And when he drank some of its wine, he became drunk and laid uncovered inside of his tent. He got hammered and he got naked. Ham, comma, the father of Canaan. Isn't it interesting how the Bible just keeps like hammering this note right here? Who's Ham? It's the father of Canaan. Ham, the father of Canaan, saw his father naked and told his two brothers outside. So he sees his dad drunk and naked in the tent. He's like, but Shem and Japheth took a garment and they laid it across their shoulders. And then they walked in backward and covered their father's naked body. Stop. So Ham sees it, and not only is his father uncovered, but Ham goes and tells everybody about his father's nakedness, right? By the way, this is, this is, this is all metaphoric storytelling, right? This is all metaphoric storytelling. And then Ham and Japheth, instead, what they do is when they hear this story, they grab a cloak and then they put it on their shoulders like this, and they go into the tent backward, and they don't look at their father, and they cover him up. Which you're like, big deal, right? Their faces were turned the other way so that they would not see their father naked. What does that mean? It means so they wouldn't see their father's weakness. They, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't behold their father's shame, right? And they wouldn't propagate. They wouldn't spread it. That's what this whole story is about. And when Noah awoke from his wine and found out what his youngest son had done to him, he said, Cursed be who? Not cursed be Ham, cursed be Canaan. Cursed be Canaan. The lowest of slaves will, be, uh, will he be to his brothers. He also said, Praise be the Lord, the God of Shem, and may Canaan be the slave of Shem. 
And may God extend Japheth's territory, and may Japheth live in the tents of Shem, and may Canaan be the slave of Japheth. Game over. Hardcore, right? Anyway, why did I tell you this story? Well, I've told you this because this is what the journey of God is all about. Going on a a journey with God is not about primarily becoming rich and independent. Rather, it's about being blessed, maybe financially, and it's about being blessed, maybe with family. And then rather than living separated from humanity, it's about reconnecting with that which was cursed and broken. What does it mean to go on a journey with God? Here's what it means. It means God will bless you, maybe financially. It means God will bless you, maybe with family. It means God will bless you, perhaps with influence. It means that God will bless you, maybe with all of those things. It means that God will bless you, maybe with friends. Every way that a person can be blessed, every way that a person can be honored, and then rather than living separated from people and rising above it, God will send you into the very heart of it, especially where it's been cursed. What does it mean to go on a God journey? It means to wake up to the presence of God, to allow him to bless you, and then to go where other people have been cursed. That's what it means to go on a journey with God. And so some of us are wondering, like, man, I used to have mojo in my life. I used to feel like God was like near me and, 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 and with me, and, and I don't know where it's at anymore. Oh, here's a great way to start listening again. Uh, where, where are people cursed around us? Where are people cursed uh, in our city? Where are people cursed in our state? Where are people cursed in our country? Who are the people who have, um, who have, been, who have been used as slaves? Oh, that's part of the Bible language, isn't it? Who, who are the people who are oppressed? Who are the people who have been isolated? Who are the people who have been less than? Who are the people that have been labeled? And then what we do, if we're really going on a journey with God, is we allow him to give us everything that he wants to give us, realizing that it was never really for us, but he wants to give it to Canaan. He wants to bless the whole world through me and you, and especially the people who are Canaan. And you know what? There's Canaan all around us. There's Canaan all around us. And the dream of God is not that you and I would live in bigger houses with bigger walls around them, with bigger gates, with keypads. But the dream of God is that you and I, rather than building a bigger house, it's the dream that you and I would build a longer table. That's the dream of God. The dream of God is that you and I would not live separated from the fray, but the dream of God is that you and I would enter into the fray and especially go to Canaan. Mm. I feel the Lord. I do. Mm. Yeah, that's an Abraham journey. God wants to take you where people have been cursed, especially people in your family. By the way, you realize that Canaan is Abraham's family. Way back. Mm. The very places. So why don't we do this? Let's do a little thought experiment. I know some of us are hungry, but let's do a thought experiment. In your family, where's it been cursed? In the city that we live in, where's it been cursed? By the way, it's obvious. All of these things are obvious. In Kentucky, where's it been cursed? Mm. 
it's like it's really obvious, you know. Um, in United States of America, where has it been cursed? Who who has been cursed? Like even this week, who have the powers on high cursed even this week? What is God's intention? What is God God's heart toward those people in the world? Who has been cursed even this week? Hmm. Those countries that are supposedly no good. You know what God says? I will send you to them. You are on my mind. Mm. Even when the highest powers in our own land speak words of rejection and cursing, God's heart is, Abraham, I'm sending you to them. And by the way, what does the New Testament say that you and I are? Sons and daughters of who? Abraham. That's Galatian stuff. Yeah, these are the places that God is waking up. This is what it means to go on a God journey. This is what it means to listen. This is what it actually means to be blessed. This is what it means to live the rich life. This is what it means to enter the kingdom of God. This is what it means to be a son and a daughter of the Most High. Man, the atmosphere in here changed a little bit. Amen. Amen. I've probably stirred up enough trouble. Probably have. If you're on the ministry team this morning, why don't you come on up? Thank you again for stopping by the podcast at the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you'd like to keep up with what's happening here at the Vineyard, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Until next time, peace to you.